This is HPR episode 2823 entitled Gen 2 and why I use it. It is hosted by Alden and is about 12 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, I talk about what Gen 2 is and why I love it so much. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. It's been a while. I haven't done a podcast in a while. I almost stopped because I get into this this little rut where I don't, I just get nothing done. But um, I'm gonna be doing some stuff today. So, um, I had someone recommend that I explain why I use Gentoo. I I'm so sorry. I forgot your name. If I meant to look it up before. Sorry, I'll I'll put it in the um the script. Thank you for that suggestion. Um, so so yeah, why do I use Gentoo? Um, I'll start with what Gentoo is. So for those of you who don't know, um, the way Gentoo actually works is rather than with with a normal package manager, all the the binaries get downloaded right from a from a server. With Gentoo, that's not the case. You don't have binaries. Um, instead, everything is compiled from scratch. So when you install a package, it downloads the source code and it then compiles it and installs it to your system, which I think is pretty neat. Um, so the reason... There are a lot of different reasons. People argue that it's it's has some minor performance boost. I personally don't use it for that reason. They're very well... There is a performance boost, but it's so slim that it's really not worth compiling every package on your system for. Um, especially if you're on an x86 system, it's, it's basically worthless. Um, however, it does have some other neat advantages. My personal favorite mechanism is uh, use flags. So what this allows you to do is choose what functionality you want and what functionality you don't want. So for example, I don't use system D on my system. Uh, and by default, lots of packages will try to load system D related libraries and stuff, which means I'll have to have system D installed to use those programs. But I don't with Gentoo, because with Gentoo, I can just set my system D as a global use flag, and then every single program will be compiled without system D support. And so I won't need system D installed to run that program. 
it's pretty convenient. I do the same thing with Pulse Audio and a couple other things. You can also use UseFlex to enable certain functionality. Uh, like, I have it enabling a whole bunch of stuff. Like, um, my memory eludes me. Uh, but the other super cool thing about use flags is you can control, like, it's, it's not just system wide. You can control it per program. You can sort of micromanage. So if a particular piece of functionality is causing you issues, you can just disable it. Or maybe there's some experimental feature that you want to enable, but it's, it's not available by default. You can enable that. Uh, it's super convenient. It doesn't sound that convenient, but trust me, it's it's amazing. Um, of course, it does it does come with a little bit of nightmares, but once you figure out the the gist of how things tend to work, it's actually pretty neat. Um, Gentoo also has live packages and some other. Uh, teachers have that as well. Like I know you can do this with Arch, uh, but I just really like like the way it's done with Gentoo. So uh, with a live package, instead of having specific versions, it's just downloaded from a, a Git repository or a subversion repository or whatnot, um, and and it's built using the latest commit, which is pretty neat. Uh, using that on your entire system is a good way to break stuff, but for specific programs, it's it works pretty well. I don't have many issues with it. Um, with some programs, it's it's very useful to have that option to just use the latest version no matter what. Um, now I should mention the the um. So the way you update packages, live packages, is different than the way you update regular packages. Usually, you, in order to update live packages, you'll have to use the um, live rebuild target. However, that target is not very smart, um, and it will just rebuild all of the live packages on your system, regardless of whether or not they need an update. So there is a pretty neat package on Gen 2 called Smart Live Rebuild that will actually rebuild things smartly uh so it only rebuilds stuff if it needs to be rebuilt if there's an update uh i use it it works great it's amazing um strongly recommend it if you use a lot of live packages it is important to keep in mind that live packages will not be updated in your system update so (laughs) i have made that mistake a couple of times i'll update my system every couple weeks everything's fine and then I'll use some other program and like, wow, this is like super outdated. How did that happen? Well, it was probably because I forgot to update my live packages. So just just remember to do that. Uh, I think I probably have more live packages than the average person. It It's usually not an issue. It still isn't for me and I have a stupid amount of live packages. Uh, just something to keep in mind. Live packages are neat. Um... The, the way e-builds work is also pretty cool. So e-builds, they're like the, the build script. It controls how they build packages. So like if you use Arch Linux, it's basically the equivalent of a package build. Um, and I think e-builds are really cool because they have... 
functionality where you can include these E classes. I, I'm not an, an expert on uh, the portage by any means. I'm a little bit fuzzy on how all of that works. I have written a couple e-builds myself, but I'm no expert. I don't pretend to be. Uh, but you can basically like import functionality, which is super cool. You can do all kinds of fancy stuff with that. Uh, oftentimes, uh, I think it was one package I, I made a, an e-build for. I didn't have to write any code, pretty much. I just included an, an e-class for CMake and for git and all i had to do is specify the git repo url and that's it i'm done of of course you also have to specify some other stuff like the package name and version and whatnot but no actual code which is super cool you can whip up a package in 15 minutes if you know what you're doing that's so neat and it's also means you have less redundancy you don't have so much code that's just the same thing over and over because you can just import functionality. I think it's super cool. Um, my system is also much lighter. And, I mean, being light isn't necessarily something that everybody cares about. I care about it, but on the other hand, I have a tendency to sort of intentionally break my system because, like... <laughs> If, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Like, some people just like to have stuff break so that they can fix it. Um, which sounds insane, but, I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're using Linux, you've probably had to fix something at one point, and you've probably experienced that incredible sense of success when you actually finally do it. Uh, you get that a lot with Gen 2. I, I won't lie, it breaks a lot. It's it's a lot of maintenance. <clears throat> Pardon me. But, um... It... It does make up for that with... With lots and lots of control. It isn't just, like, randomly breaking. There's always a, a reason. Uh, it's usually your fault. <laughs> um... And... And you, you just have so much control. Like, uh, with, for example, System D. I know lots of people don't have a problem with System D. I personally don't like it. It's a matter of, matter of personal preference, I guess. Uh, but I personally don't like it. So I just built my system without it. No big deal. You can just do that. Uh, Pulse Audio. I just got rid of it. Built my system without it. Uh, console Kit. You can basically do whatever you want. Uh, it's it's really neat, the amount of incredible control you have. Another super cool thing is the idea of building your own kernel. And of course, you can do this on other systems as well. Um, but I th- just thought I'd lump it into to this, this podcast since I don't really want to do an entire podcast on custom kernels. But uh, customizing your kernel is super neat because going into Gentoo, I knew absolutely nothing about about the kernel whatsoever. Pretty much, uh, I I had never compiled my a kernel before. I barely knew how it worked. 
Um, and I'm still not an expert on the kernel. I still barely know how it works, but I have a much better understanding now. Uh, and, and that's helped me outside of just changing kernel options. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really useful skill to have when you're using a Linux system. Um, and and actually be able to customize the kernel itself, that's also pretty neat, because you can control every aspect of how you do stuff. Um, and realistically, a mainstream kernel probably works fine. They just turn on every option, and for the most part, it works. Um, but it's neat to be able to do stuff yourself and get an understanding of how the system you have is actually working and how the kernel is working. It's super cool. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's really all I have to say. Uh, if you have any feedback, uh, please shoot me an email or if you're listening to this from HPR, uh, add a comment. That would be nice. I love feedback. Please give me feedback. Uh, I'm glad to hear that my audio is, is good. Uh, you guys made sure of that last time, so thank you. Um, I hope it hasn't descended in quality. Uh, but yeah, thanks, and I will hopefully be recording another podcast sometime in the next couple weeks. Uh, yeah, see you then. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.